Touching the Spiritual in Filmmaking, a Dana Kippel interview. Join us for a captivating conversation exploring spirituality through the lens of acclaimed filmmaker Dana Kippel. Her visionary storytelling combines intellectuality, metaphors, and vivid imagery, inviting us to reflect on life's mysteries and our place in the world. Experience the transformative journey of self-reflection and resilience in her metaphysical film, Reflect. Set, set against Sedona's mesmerizing vortexes, this cinematic masterpiece explores the interplay of spirituality, intellectuality, and physicality. Dana's work empowers and uplifts, inspiring introspection and self-discovery. Her artistry transcends the physical realm, igniting curiosity and uncovering profound truths within viewers. Let her films guide you on a path of personal transformation and enlightenment. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Excited to introduce today's guest. Dana is a director, writer, actor, and producer living in Los Angeles, California. She's an avid advocate for neurodivergence and mental health awareness. She infuses her metaphysical beliefs into every film she makes. She loves everything about futurism, mythology, philosophy, poetry, speculative fiction, and ancient language. Her mission is to use the medium of film and books to inspire people to look inside themselves, realize their true potential, and enhance curiosity, connection, and self-love. Her artistic style is picturesque, naturalistic, whimsical, and metaphysical. Each moment carries a whisper of magic. Her expertise is in grounded sci-fi, drama, and comedy. Dana has a marketing, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, Psychology, psychology, mathematics, and science background. She brings her own struggles with addiction, mental health, and self-love into her stories. I'm pleased to welcome Miss Dana Kippel. Hi, Dana. Hi. Oh, that was such a nice introduction. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I'm really pleased to have you on the show. You have so much to share, so much life, so much wisdom, and all of the things that you're creating out in the world to bring that all to us. So let's start by kind of sharing a little bit with the audience about you. Okay. Um, let's see. I guess I guess from childhood, I'll just say whatever comes out. Um, I was adopted from my birth mom was actually living in South Carolina. She was 17 and uh, she came from a very religious background and they didn't want her to have a kid out of wedlock. So she chose to give me up for adoption. Um, she flew up to New York to give birth to me and my parents adopted me there. 
Um, and then I was raised in New York as well. Uh, I experienced a lot of bullying in my childhood years in, in elementary school. It, it was really bad. I, I think people, kids might've picked on me because I felt like I was like a little bit different or like, now I know it's neurodivergent, but you know, I, mm. I like to say that's normal and that they're all weird, but <laughs> I just, you know, I would talk about aliens and um, I don't know about other dimensions per se, but I would talk about like things that weren't like, they were definitely like outside the box um, mm. when I was young. And I got a lot of pushback from that and just saying like how I really felt, I guess, was not accepted in school. Um, you know, if I liked a boy, I would chase him and try to kiss him because I was just very open. Mm. And uh, the boys thought I was like possessed. I remember them making joke, calling me Medusa, which is hilarious. Um, and then, you know, and, um, I had some, you know, traumatic stuff happen, which I'm very open about. Um, my gymnastics teacher actually went to jail for, you know, molesting over 20 women and, um, I was one of them. So I think I was dealing with that also as a kid. Mm -hmm. And obviously I did not tell anyone about that at the time. So, when I got into high school, I developed a pretty bad drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Uh, like the first time I, you know, drank and my thoughts disappeared, I was like, whoa, I didn't know anything could, could do that. Um, and then, so yeah, I had a really hard time. I got sent to rehab uh, and a mental health institution when I was 16. Wow. I, got, I went to rehab again when I was 18. Oh no, I was 21. Uh, when it got even worse. And I, I tried, attempted to go to school. I was going to go to cooking school and then I was going to go to film school. And then I settled on makeup school because it was the easiest and I could party and get away with it. So that only lasted a month before I got sent away to rehab. And then uh, I got sober when I was 21 and worked in the mental health field for seven, eight, nine years, something like that. Mm. Um, so I wanted to give back after, you know, yeah, you came really passionate after having such experiences that you did. Yes. And then I did learn, you know, this isn't the most popular to say, but at least the field I was in, there were a lot of people doing the right thing and with good intentions. And then, you know, as most corporate things are, there were a lot, there was a lot of corruption in the mental health field as well, as far as, you know, using people for good insurance. Like in my job, I could only help get people help if they had PPOs, uh, you know, if someone had Medicaid, mm -hmm we were basically told hang up like it we, all we could give them was an 800 number and my soul could not uh could not deal with that mm -hmm. um, like it was fair and i didn't want to get paid just to help certain people i want to help everyone i can so for free so anyway after a while i um i opened up a food business to try to get out of that um and then i felt even in the food business, I felt trapped. Like I actually loved it, but I also was like, I want to like act. I don't want to like own a food business. I just, I discovered I liked eating food more than owning a food business. <laughs> um, so then I sold, I sold it. Um, and then uh, I moved to Los Angeles. I, I moved to Los Angeles and then sold it. Uh, for, and I was living in Florida when I was in rehab for eight years and then when I was 30, I started acting um, uh, very quickly. You know, I discovered in Hollywood that, like, I wasn't really a fan of the, the scripts you get as an a indie actress. The um, They don't write the best for most women. Not everyone, just like most ones I was getting. 
Uh, so it inspired me to write. And then, you know, that's how I'm on the path I am on now where I've discovered my per one of my purposes is writing and directing. Um, and then at the same time, you know, me and my boyfriend went through some struggles a couple of years ago and it really led to like a second spiritual awakening for me. And I went down the path of metaphysics and shadow work and mm. I'm really now at the point where I'm starting to live my purpose and heal. And uh, it's a beautiful journey. It is. And, you know, I hear so much, Dana, about, you know, you stepping into your power now after and based on the experiences that you've had. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when we think about our childhood and how challenging that was for us and mm -hmm. considered odd or, you know, yeah. outside of the box, like you mentioned. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like so many of of us that have experienced that and being a little different mm -hmm. are the ones that really, if they do end up stepping into that power, you know, mm -hmm. and are brave enough to show themselves to the world, they're the most creative and yeah. bring the most about into the world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, and tell me if you agree or don't, but the experiences that we have really help guide our soul to really what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah. I love that you used, um, you know, the words, the spiritual awakening, but it's based yeah. off of because we have gone through this dramatic shift and change in life that causes us to go to those depths. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, I feel like it was, um, I've, I've, write, I've written poems about this, how it was like the friction or the darkness that has led me back to the light. It's almost like a circular uh, or let me back to myself too. Like, you know, I didn't learn from like the good things in my life. I mean, sure, it helped me develop gratitude. But what I what's really pushed me on my path is everything that I thought was bad or negative. I now can look at it in a perspective where it was helping me evolve versus a bad thing, if that makes sense. Like I was assigning that meaning to it. Uh, and it was a story I was telling myself. But at the same time, like, just these things in life happen to, yeah, kind of inch us back. And if we're out of alignment, something will happen, put us back in. And I feel kind of blessed too, to whatever's looking out for me. It's really aligning me because there's been a lot of stuff. <laughs> so do you feel like there's synchronicities that have begun happening when you, when you sense that you're in that right direction? Yeah. Uh, and when I'm off of it, I sense it too. So yes, when I'm really, really, there's three stages for me that I've noticed so far in my life and I have a lot yet to learn, but in my 34 years, um, the first is like ultimate flow. And that's where like every day I'm seeing like 2.22 PM, 4.44 PM, like angel numbers all over. Um, you know, I passed a woman named, um, you know, Andrea, and I was just watching something about someone named Andrea. And she says something that like, I needed to hear, like, it's like, people like uh, source or, con or this conscious thing, whatever's watching out for us will speak through people and events and nature, mm. even the metaphor, like, it's just like, everything has meaning. Um, and I love how society makes you think you're crazy when you think everything is meaning. But I guess there's yeah. a, there's a grounded way to think everything is meaning. And there's an ungrounded way. There's a healing yeah, I, I love that you say that. There's a grounded way yeah. of thinking about that. And every, yeah, so yeah. that's what I mean by in the flow. And then, um, you know, things feel like they're going right, I guess. And even if they don't go right, it doesn't affect me. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean everything's always going right. It just means that, like, I'm kind of gliding. 
Um, That's a beautiful state we all want to get to, right? Yes. Where where things aren't going right, but it doesn't yeah. have a have this massive detrimental effect on us. We are able yeah. to look at it in a different manner, perceive it differently mm-hmm. and look at it more objectively, I guess. Yes. That's the, that's the evolved flow, Dana, um, (laughs) all the time. And maybe one day I will, but, uh, yeah, this, then I have the second stage, which is kind of like bad things do shake me up and I am out of alignment for whatever reason. I just, I, I pick something out of ego rather than I came from a place of fear instead of love. And Mm. I made a couple choices like that. And all of a sudden I find myself, you know, restless, irritable, discontent, very, anxious, uh, feeling like something's off. Um, but you know, it, it's still not a place where I'm totally misaligned, if that makes sense. So like, I'm kind of teetering. Um, it's just like, it feels like a void almost, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain. It's like a, uh, an in-between state. It's not good or bad. I mean, it feels maybe like a holding period. It's I'm still trying to figure out honestly what that, that even means to me. And cause I get confused when I'm in that weird space. Um, but I'll fast forward to the third one, which I'm very familiar with, which I've been in a lot more in the past, but I still have it now, flare-ups of it, where I'm like completely unaligned. Everything's agitating me. My life is a dramatic mess. I'm over everyone. I hate my friends. I hate where I live. I'm <laughs> victim, victim, victim. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot, but when every time it does happen, that's when I learn the most. So I mm. actually like all the stages, but I think I have the most to learn from the middle one where it feels like nothing's happening that's good or bad. It's more neutral. And I'm still trying to understand like what that even means. <laughs> I think it's brilliant that you've even come to a conclusion of there being three stages. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's more than a lot of people get to, I would think. And as you reflect um, yeah. historically throughout your life and you're <clears throat> able to pinpoint you know, this is the stage that I was in at that point. This is the stage I was in at that point. And um, I even love the word flare up that you mentioned. You know, I'm familiar with that because I have an autoimmune disease. So that's a familiar um, concept for me. And same, you know, being able to go back historically throughout my life and understanding when those flare ups come. So mine shows up physically so quick. I like to say that my my disease is really my superhero because yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's show and tell so quickly Then, yeah. whereas with a lot of people, it takes a lot longer for the body to respond. Yes. You know, it's like, it, it is, it feels like it's like your secret agent or like your, uh, your intuition projected outward and into yeah. that. And mine's for mine, for me, mine is my emotion. So yours is physical. Mine's emotional but yeah it's true whenever those things happen they're like alarm bells to us and I guess you're right like I I do know people where they don't get that for 40 years and that's just their life path like yeah judgment but um yeah I guess I'm grateful in a way now where if you asked me a couple years ago I would have been like I am not grateful for all the emotional meltdowns I have (laughs) right and so Dana do you feel like Mm -hmm. you know with the knowledge that you have now is it easier for you to when now that you know, you know what to look for. So it's easier when you start coming into one of those three phases to notice that it's here and then react in a different way, possibly. 
Yes, I'm still evolving with that one. Like I will say when I get like to the really low vibrational one, um, sometimes I'm not super aware of that state, but I am more than I have. Every time I'm more and more aware. So sometimes I'm like, oh, this is I'm in this state and I can laugh at myself or if something happens, I'm like, what? Usually actually 90% of the time I do think uh, when I'm in that state, I'm like, what can this teach me? What, whatever's happening in this moment, what can I learn mm -hmm. from it? And yeah. I never used to do that. Um, but there's 10% of the time where I do still fall into like a what was me mode. But you know, what? I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, it's, I think it's just part of living the human experience. And yeah. we in order for souls to evolve and grow, we, yeah. we have to have aspects of that in in order to learn and grow. Yeah, exactly. Like, that would be a really boring life if I just was able to do that all the time and everything was solved. Like, thank God for that, you know, 10% that probably will never go away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So there was something that you said when you had your interactions with trying to help people and working <clears throat> and finding out that you could only help so many people mm -hmm. on their journey of recovery or substance yeah. abuse recovery. And so it, would it be fair to say that that really pushed you into showing up through the creative side with the work that you do, mm -hmm. pushing out information into the world to be that voice mm -hmm. for people when you can't help them directly? Yeah, that's weird. I never thought of that, but I think you're completely correct. Um, I feel like I was realizing I was not having a big enough impact doing that. And yeah, I could only, I couldn't, you know, help uh, people on a big scale. And it wasn't enough for me, I guess. Um, mm. It didn't seem fair. And I also realized, uh, you know, a lot of there's a lot of, you know, corruption in the world. There's also a lot of beauty in the world, too. Um, but, you know, I want to bring awareness to so many things that, yeah, I just was not able to do on a platform that small. And I was not I didn't have a lot of respect in the field either. Just like people with egos and like you have to pre present in this really professional way to be respected. And I'm not going to play that game. I could care less about like putting on a front and, you know, acting like I'm this cool person, gain all these clients in like, who cares? Um, so yeah, like I found deeper meaning in life and it did definitely. And now that you say it, inspire me to uh, do things on a bigger scale and use my, my superpower, which is creativity, which I lost for a long time to yeah. make a change in the world. Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, isn't it? And um, the reason I say that, Dana, is because yeah. from my experience, it has been that too. Yeah. When I was in law enforcement, we yeah. would, most of our calls were domestic violence um, mm -hmm. DVs. And you would give people so much information, availabilities, resources that they could get out. And yet the, the constant thing was to go back into that cycle of violence and mm -hmm. uh, because they were comfortable with that, they're familiar with that. And so I felt when I went into this field, I really wanted to help others. And I, I came to realize that mm -hmm. that's not always the case. You can't change people until they really make that choice. Yes. And so it made sense then to be able to help on a bigger scale, like doing something like this or, mm -hmm. you know, media and film industry are brilliant ways to really make the most impact mm -hmm. on people. Yes. I think you just gave me like such a big idea, but it's so weird what you just said, because 
I just filmed, I directed a short film called Damaged recently about addiction. And the whole point, sole point of it was for people to have more compassion for the state of mind of an addict who relapses. Mm -hmm. um, because, oh, shoot, what was I saying? You said something that was so important. Um, what did you say about long? Oh, 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 the whole, the central point of the film was that there are resources and mm -hmm. people don't take them. Right. And that's such a weird, I don't know if it's paradoxical, but it's like, or ironic, but it's like, it's just such a weird thing that like, yeah. there are all these resources, but we don't know how to use them or we don't think we're worthy. Whatever it is, it's a deep seated issue why we don't take it. And my film will hopefully, once I edit it together, uh, explain that and like, I think what I learned, I'm sure what you learned is like, you can't help everyone, especially if they're not ready. And you also can't take that personal and that's their journey. And like doing something like you're doing now, or like I'm doing, it's planting a seed for those who are ready and for those who will find you and the seekers. And, you know, I don't agree with like some people preach not to help people that aren't on that wavelength. And like, I don't agree. You shouldn't help people because of that like there's a lot of people who do, do need help and good deeds are amazing but with what we're talking about I think it's important that we don't pressure anyone to do anything and we're just here if you need us if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah no Dana I think you said the key word yeah. which is planting the seed. Yeah. And you know th that's why in this social media realm that I mean we live in such a beautiful time mm -hmm. uh because we are able to push out that information where it's worldwide viewing. Yeah. And so the more that people choose to create insightful content yeah. and it is just planting that seed on a mass scale, yes. whereas we weren't able to do that before. And it's just really this glorious thing. And um, I don't know. It, it makes me feel a little bit better. It makes me feel a little more empowered because it truly is something that I want to do. I've always enjoyed very much being able to tell others or teach others what it is that I've learned. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I've learned this new thing, this new concept. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it goes, it falls on deaf ears, but when you yeah. have this listening audience, mm -hmm. you know, it either falls on them or not. But that's also why we have guests like you and yeah. many different guests, because it's not always going to resonate yeah. with, you Everyone. know, somebody. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of brilliant people out there, spiritual, you know, gurus that I do not resonate with whatsoever. And then there are some right. people who I do. It's just whoever works for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we're all so individual and unique and. Yeah. That's that's a beautiful thing as well. Yes, yes. So we'll move into our commercial. And when we get back, I'm really excited, Dana, to talk about your film, Reflect. And oh. so we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stay tuned. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? 
the power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. Welcome back. You can learn more about that in the description below. And back to you, Dana. I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about this film that you've created the, the mastermind behind it, the intent and the outcome. Can you share a little bit with us? Yes. So reflect. Um, it If all goes well, it will come out January 9, uh, 2024. Supposed to come out this year, but because of the strike in Hollywood, it got pushed, which is fine. I'm all about divine timing and patience. So that mm. was a lesson I learned. Um, but so reflect, it's about uh, five women that go to Sedona and do shadow work and work uh, on a lot of their traumas that have to do with themselves, their, their mothers, um, their families, ancestral trauma. Um, I can't give too much away, but I guess that's all I'll share about that. It's about female relationships with uh, themselves, friends, society, and wor- the world and their spirituality. So Uh, But I think men can get a lot out of it, too, and just for, like, their feminine side and um, to learn to deeper explore a lot of parts of themselves. So, yeah, it's a very metaphysical film. It's kind of like I'm trying to create this new genre, which is, like, between fantasy, grounded sci-fi, and drama, Um, just, like, that has to do with topics that not everyone touches on, I guess. It's kind of like... The whole in-between thing I'm talking about seems to be like a driving force for me to figure out what this like whole in-between thing is. But I think metaphysical is kind of like the in-between between magic and science. Um, so yeah, it's like, a, but anyway, what was I saying? It's kind of like Candyland meets, um, oh God, it's not like anything else really. It's just <laughs> It's like if you had like a, a female drama in Candyland in the desert. I don't really know. It's very whimsical. It's whimsical. There we go. Yeah. I, well, I, I know I'm really excited. Do you still have, do you have a trailer for that? Yes, I do. Um, if you want to play an exclusive trailer, we can. Do you want me to send you the link really quick? Sure. Or you should be able to present it. Um so there should, do you see the present and share screen? Let me see. Pre- oh yeah, I do. Okay. Let me make sure nothing weirds on my screen. 
and then go to the website. Here we go. Okay, sizzle trailer. You know what? I can't show the new one because that's going to come out exclusively with some, but I'll show you the old trailer that festivals have used. Perfect. We can use it. Uh, okay, let me just... Do, do, do. All right, this is the sizzle trailer. This is an exclusive. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Share screen. Okay. I think I just have to open the system setting to share quickly. One second. Um, let's see if it works. Um, might not work because I might not have sh the sharing crud. I might have to share it with you. That's fine. No, I think it, I think it'll be good for the audience to see it. Yes. I just shared. Did you get in the private chat? Yep. Okay. All right. So the way that I will need to do this is by me sharing. Cool. Oh, what y'all doing here from the, the big Los Angeles? <laughs> I'm sorry. How do you know we're from Los Angeles? The, um, the license plate, <laughs> I figured. Oh, yeah. Um, we are on a road trip to Sedona to find ourselves. Well, that sounds like loads of fun, doesn't it? Loads.
I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it looks so intense and it's got my curiosity and I want to learn more. Okay. And you know, I love the name too because it self-reflection is is one of those things we have to get to right in order to even get to self-love yes. and you know, all of those next things. Yes, I feel like reflect has so many meanings like more than I even realized but like it's kind of like if life was a prism and we're all prisms and like we like all parts of me reflect in everyone I meet like that was kind of a meaning I had and then also like you know the things I don't like in myself reflect in other people um the things I really do love in myself will reflect in some people um you know everything just feels like a projection or a reflection. It, like we're all like little water droplets constantly like learning and evolving. And um, I have this theory, I'm working on a book about plasma intelligence, which mm. is, uh, you know, a scientific term. Uh, it's the fourth state of matter. But in my mind, it, that's what it is. It's like this plasmatic fractal fluid thing that's like feedback looping with us and we're constantly evolving and it's constantly evolving and we're both exchanging information like a relationship and um yeah it's like kind of far out there but I have ideas about it <laughs> I don't I don't I wouldn't say that that's far out there I mean if you consider all of the science that's coming out with you know um if you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, I mean, yeah. he, he goes very, very deep into the science of what the, the body's doing. And mm -hmm. it is that reflection. It is that mirror mm -hmm. aspect. You know, when we talk about the, the quantum realm mm -hmm. and all of that. And so I wouldn't say that that's out there at all because we're backing it by science. Yes, exactly. You definitely wouldn't think it's out there. I think most people, if you're like on a bus or walking around and you're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm writing a book on plasma intelligence. They're like, <laughs> well, it is slow. I agree, Dana. It is slow <laughs> to come out into the, the, the idea, the awareness of the, the common, you know, person. It, it is a new yeah. Thing I would suspect. And at the yeah. same time, it is beginning to become commonplace. Which yeah. Is awesome. And it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. Ultimately, my biggest goal on this show is to really have people understand how powerful we are. But it yeah. all comes into that internal aspect of that's where it starts because that's how we're, you know physiologically, biologically, mm -hmm. you know, designed. Yes. I, uh, it's funny you say the powerful, uh, we are thing because one of the philosophies I'm writing in it is like how we do create our own realities. Um, but I think where some people maybe have gone it, I mean, this is only my perspective, but we're maybe like, okay. So I feel like there's a very patriarchal or logical view that like we only create a reality like if we're like totally enlightened that we that's all we do but then there's the, like the fe the feminine side the surrendering side where our reality is also being created for us so i think the the a nice in between and where we can be truly powerful is having both so it's like knowing that we do create a lot of our own reality and also when there are things out of our control surrendering to them and oh. like 
the flow of both. But yeah. that's even more power, you know? <laughs> Surrender has been one of the most challenging lessons <laughs> for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, we, we all just want so badly to control Everything. and, uh, you know, go figure. But yeah, when we finally do just sit quietly and allow that, that surrender aspect of ourselves, it's very interesting how things just seem to work out and be okay. Yes. And I think that it's, you know, not a coincidence. And um, I think if, you know, I was able to create my own reality, I'm terrified where I would be because every year I'm learning so much. So like if there wasn't that other thing, whatever it is, feedbacking with me, like, oh my God, I would just be married to like, no offense to him, but like my high school boyfriend still living in my hometown, like waitressing at Outback. I don't even know what I was doing, but you know, my dreams have always changed, but I love like yeah. evolving and changing rather than like this fixed thing. Yeah. I think that that's one of the also most uh, beautiful and unique things about us is that change is constant, yes. right? And it's, it's the only constant. When I started thinking about identity, when that really started to come to the forefront of my life and where we really associate so much based on our beliefs to create our identities mm -hmm. and coming to this traumatic experience in my life yet again, yeah. but really going deep into what mm -hmm. identity meant mm -hmm. and also that it's always changeable. So like, I don't have to be that of which I identified myself as, yes. you know, throughout the life that I've lived thus far. Right. So I'm constantly yes. being able to recreate that. And I think that when we start thinking about that and understanding that and knowing that it, it gives you so much freedom and then the creative juices just start flowing and opening because you're like, who do I want to be? Who do I want to step into today? No, a hundred. Yes. I mean, that's actually sign up on this year was, you know, I had a certain group of friends that almost felt like they would, uh, I'm sure I, I attracted this too, but they would almost like project their fears onto me. And like, if I started changing or getting better, they were almost like weirded out or like would criticize me or like they weren't comfortable with me evolving or changing. And like, yeah. you know, I got rid of a lot of those people. And you know, like now whoever surrounds me, like never talks about that. But like, I felt like it was almost like I kept those people around to not change. Like it was a security blanket. Cause I used to have the fears like, Oh, well, if I step into this power, everyone in my past is going to say I'm a fraud and I'm going to be found out. And they're going to be like, this isn't you, but like, it is me. And yeah. So what you're saying, it's so funny. I just went through that like this year that, you know, it's okay to change. Yeah. I think a lot of us are, I mean, if you consider on a, on a worldwide perspective, we have just gone through one of the most, uh, shaking uh, on, you know, situations that affected every single person on the planet mm -hmm. to really go into a self-reflection of, yes, you know, this disruption happened so greatly that we had to start thinking about it and we had to start looking at our surroundings and what our life was doing. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's very, very interesting that you say that and talk about the people that are surrounding you, because mm -hmm. I think that that happens very, very often when yeah. we are beginning to grow and expand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our, our surroundings 
don't necessarily grow and expand with us, right? Including the people that we have surrounded ourselves with. And in order to go to that next level, it means to shed that skin in a lot of different ways. And that's okay. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people go into that fear mode of, well, I, I, I don't want to live without the people in my life or I mm-hmm. shouldn't, or they feel an immense amount of guilt. And yeah. yet more people come because as we continue to evolve and as we continue to, to raise that energy and the frequencies, because we're, we're all energy, right? Yeah. We fall into those other energy categories and we meet new people that are, that are on that same frequency. So yes. it's even more beautiful to really get excited about who am I going to meet? Yes, exactly. That's how I, that's how I feel now. At the beginning of this year, I was completely different. It was like, you know, I had these couple of friends who like wanted to hang out a lot and they would get offended if I couldn't. And like, you know, that was really anxiety provoking for me. And, um, you know, like very attached and I'm, I've struggled with that in the past too. And, uh, you know, now I have friends where we don't just see each other for months and we're, you know, we're the, we are the same, but, I was so terrified to cut one of those people off because it was just uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable conversation and I avoided it for like two years. And I finally one day, and I would encourage anyone to do this, you know, once you've thought through it, but I just knew it was the right thing. Like I just felt like something was off with them. And, you know, I just said to them, I was like, you know what? I think I need a little break. Like I'm going through some things. I'm not really, you know, so sure if we're meeting eye to eye. And then um, I was like, I'll check in with you next month. They never texted me again and I never texted them again and they kind of just fell away. And like once you make that decision, you know, and my life has gotten so much better. It's almost like it was like an invisible weight I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I'm all for it now. And I also think like I've also had a situation where someone will say one thing that triggers me. And in the past, I'm too quick to cut off the wrong people. Mm. And I learned um, from someone on a podcast somewhere uh, that you should turn the volume down on some people. So like, if you don't want to cut off your mom or dad, but they're really annoying, or just don't like aren't as evolved as you or whatever emotionally, um, you could just turn down the volume and know what to say to them. And, you know, if you don't want to listen to certain things, that's okay, but you don't need to like completely cut them off even if you don't align. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that perspective. I like that. Yeah. Turn down the volume. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's a great way to look at it. Definitely. We can choose to interact with others mm-hmm. in whatever manner we, we so choose. Right. And, Um, there was somebody that I asked, well, what do you do if you have no other option but to be around or see? And so like, this is when it's considering family, right? You use mom and dad. It's like, well, I have to see them or I have to see creepy uncle Bob for Thanksgiving. Uh, So how how do you like react in those situations? And so Mm -hmm. I'll give a little bit of a different example, but the answer was, let's say it's your in-laws, but if you can picture like one really positive thing that can come from that, like mm-hmm. I'm going to my in-laws for dinner because it brings my husband great joy to yeah. do so. So it really just kind of changes that perspective mm-hmm. in a more positive light where you can come at it in a different regard. Yeah, I know. Now I'm starting to feel bad because um, my 
my, I don't want to give it away so people know who he is. There, in some situation, there was like a creepy uncle type, and I like refused to go to this person's gathering. Um, and now I'm wondering if maybe I should have gone because it would have made him happy. I don't know about that because I, I mean, honestly, I think when it comes to let's just say safety, yes, for example, like I think that those are different. Yes, yes, yes. Ways to to look at things. Um yeah. when and especially if you're so triggered mm-hmm. by something where where you just know it's gonna affect you really greatly. Yeah. You know, I think that we have options and we don't need to put ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in. Not and <laughs> you know, deal with deal with whatever people are are upset over that maybe later, but definitely when it comes to family, I mean, that's such a tricky thing, but you know, you don't always have to answer the phone. I like to tell my daughters, um, you know, you can have many, many different friends and all sorts of different kinds of friends where you have your girlfriend that you can go to the mall with and you go (laughs) shopping with, and Mm -hmm. you have your girlfriend that, you know, you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets, but you certainly wouldn't do that to your girlfriend that you go shopping with. And that's okay because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's all right to have many different people in your lives, yeah. but you meet them at a different level. Like, yeah. like you do things with them. You experience life with them differently. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. I would say, yeah, I have a a huge variety of friends and it, yeah, it makes life more interesting. I can, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So Dana, tell me some of the things that you've, you've got so much knowledge in so many things. I love the, the movies, the content that you're creating. You've even written, you know, a, uh, a book that has to do with, uh, poetry. Yeah. Poetry, yes. And so you're really creating all of this cool stuff and, your own self-reflection coming out into the world. And tell me a little bit more about that and where you foresee yourself going. Hmm. Yeah. I love like writing is like, I love writing. It feels like I'm in the flow when I'm writing and poems for me are so pure, especially even the poetry I read. It's just like the universe channeled through you. It's not even me, you know, they always seem to have these like truths to them And poetry always, my book's called Autopoesis, and that's, Autopoesis is bringing something new into the world that's never been brought in before, like, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and self-creation. Poesis actually means that, um, but an autopoesis um, has to do with, like, if a cell was like this, and then it splits off to create an entirely new cell that's basically, like, the scientific version of what it is. Um, but sorry, I digress. So poetry uh, has just become a love of mine because I just, I just started writing it and it, you know, I haven't, I'm not trained on any of these things. Um, you know, I wasn't trained in film, not trained in writing, but you know, I just felt the need to do it. And it, uh, you know, screenwriting is something that I started getting into. I want to write science fiction in the future. Um, and then, you know, the nonfiction book on plasma I'm, I'm writing right now, but my plans for the, yeah, my plans for the future, I guess, like when I'm not directing a film, cause I'm, you know, I would love to direct a film maybe every, I would say every other year. Cause it's very stressful. Like every one, every two to three years, I'd, I would like to be making a film. And then on my downtime from that, I would love to be writing 
books like metaphysical books that are also self-help books like the plasma book I'm writing mm. or dive into more like science fiction, fantasy, uh, solar punk, like optimistic futurism type books. Um, and then, yeah, I have an, an, a poetry book I'm working on, which will be called Separation, which is the second volume of my poetry, which I'm sure I'll, I'll publish sometime this year. My, my, my next goal is to be like more pro. So like to get a manager, an agent and those type of things. Yeah. Dana, you are such a huge testimony to really being able to follow your dreams and not have the background to do so. I mean, you have really taken this leap of faith yeah. Oh, and yeah. just done it. And, and what, yeah. what inspired you? Was there something that really triggered you? to inspire you to feel confident enough to really branch out and do those things on your own? Yeah, um, I would definitely say I don't have, I mean, I'm getting confidence now, but that wasn't like for me a motivating factor because I've never had any. Like, I think I was just, the way I was born was like, I'm going to do what I want. And that's not necessarily always the best thing. You get in trouble as a kid. But like what I want, I'm going to do and I'm going to accomplish what I want. And like, the, if, you know, if life is a game and this is my one life right now, I want to make sure I'm doing what I want to do. I mean, yeah, it was just that simple. And I've lived that way since I was like five years old. So, you know, I wanted to help people in mental health. I wanted to open a food thing. You know, I'm not afraid to fail either. Like a lot of those things I figured out weren't my thing. And I still, you know, my number one motto is keep going. So you just keep going and doing what you love. And eventually you'll land at where you're meant to land. Um, mm -hmm. You know, throughout this process, like I've had so much doubt, so much wanting to give up, so much hard times, like tenfold over good times. And um, I think yeah. that the only thing I've done right is to persist until I now where I'm starting to get to a place where I really, really believe in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So definitely that consistency aspect is there with you with the motto of just keep going. I yeah. find that so inspiring. And it's you have to have that if you're going to achieve and obtain anything in life that's really meaningful and worthwhile. And you're not going to have it right away. Overnight success takes 10 years, right? And so it it doesn't come right away, but just having kind of the faith and to keep one foot in front of the other is yeah. definitely key to that. Now, when we talk about mental health and, and you, mm -hmm. you know, really have shaped so much of your mm -hmm. life that way, what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis to really help uh, you keep in line with that for your own mental health? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, I have a therapist. She's kind of like a shamanic therapist. She's licensed, but also she does work with past life regression and working on like your multidimensional self, inner child work. So yeah, I do. A, a, we, we meet together once a month, uh, once a week and I do really vulnerable, hard work with her. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like my, I would say step one, my first part of self-care I don't believe in like only talk therapy. I did that for 20 years and it barely changed me. Uh, mm. I more like somatic body feeling um, mixed with kind of like, you know, inner child working on the, how you, how you lived the first five years of your life when everything was really programmed in you. So kind of like unwiring that programming and getting back to like the core of who I really am. 
uh, like relearning who I am, remembering mm-hmm. who I was in past lives and uh, in other lives and getting into um, dream work. I also meditate in the morning for 10 to 20 minutes. I do transcendental meditation, um, but I don't like doing things just one way. So sometimes I'll switch it up and do like uh, a meditation from the Monroe Institute, which is somewhere I went to study consciousness uh, and I love their meditations or I'll just do my own meditation. Um, so I do, yeah, the meditation. Um, I honestly hate working out, but for my mental health, like tennis is fun. I go to yoga is really, uh, healing for me. So just mm-hmm. little things like that, being in the sun and outside, I'm a person that needs sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in nature is really awesome, but I'm the type of person that I can't be in nature, like with no resources. Like I'm not that, um, I'm not that kind of like granola person, but like I really, camping and yeah, like yeah. I'm still too paranoid <laughs> of what's out there at night, which is my own thing I have to work on. But like, or maybe I'm just a little spoiled, but I can't be outside too long without like, I could glamp for sure. But that's fascinating because you filmed a Sedona. What was that like for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I loved it. You know, Sedona is like a glamping city. I feel like, like it's like, it's still like there's everything there, but it's, it's not like in the middle of nowhere, but it's also very spiritual. And like, yeah. I'm definitely a cross be- breed between like human and spiritual where, you know, I like the stuff of everyday life. Like I love watching my TV sometimes and I love playing the Sims. And then I also love gaining the spiritual world. So like, I really love doing both. Like, you know, the people that can spend all their days outside and preaching spirituality every second, like, that's awesome. But like, we are humans, like I'll evolve to that light being eventually, but like I'm on earth to experience everything. So I think there's also something to be said about, you know, needing to adapt to your surroundings, right? I don't think that most of us do not live in that world where we're able to just be spiritual hundred yeah. percent. We have jobs, we have lives, we have spouses, we have children, we have things Stressful. that happen. And so I, I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's important where you are able to tap into a little bit of all of that because Mm -hmm. we have to have it in order to really feel okay and get grounded in order to show up to be our best selves. And so I love all the things that you said. I want to recap just a little bit. Yeah. I really enjoyed that you said I don't necessarily like talk therapy. I don't agree Mm -hmm. with it because I did that for 20 years and Mm -hmm. it didn't get me anywhere. And I really Mm -hmm. wanted to highlight that because Mm -hmm. it's not that it's not meaningful for many people. And is it getting to the root cause? It may or may not be, but Mm -hmm. really it's being able to expand that and look into Mm -hmm. another type of therapy where we do start healing the inner child or getting to the root cause um, because it starts from healing from the inside out. Yes. And like talk therapy could actually work perfect for someone who hasn't been through, and I'm not a doctor, but my opinion for someone who hasn't been through a lot of trauma, like talk therapy is probably great. But like for me with really deep seated issues, and I was in the past good at manipulating what I wanted someone to see in me, Mm. like my real issues got right past the therapists. Um, you know, so for someone like me, I, there was a lot hiding underneath what I was presenting at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's an excellent point. And I don't, I think that for most of us, I mean, it's all, we, we're so unaware of mm-hmm. all of the stuff that's really deep down. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I barely, I didn't remember a lot of the stuff when we worked on it. Like things would come back to me, like stuff from my childhood that I never, you know, realized happened. Like, um, or I had an inkling, but there wasn't really memories there. So, but yeah, I mean, my life has completely changed. The, the specific method is called comprehensive resource model. It's for complex PTSD. Uh, and they do treat people in the military, but also people like me who've just had a lot of trauma stacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found, cause I do Reiki healing on the side when I'm healing people like energy healing people, I find that some people that have had really easy lives still have those traumatic feelings and responses. And it's because I believe in past lives they've had, um, things happen that might be, you know, seeping into this one. Like if you're scared of the ocean and don't know why, maybe you died in, it in a past life. It's just that simple. Like, I just think there's so much more to life. But I also wanted to highlight because you talk about wellness here for my overall wellness routine. Like I would say the number one theme is balance. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't eat healthy all the time. I eat a burger. Sometimes I eat healthy. Sometimes I work out. Sometimes I don't like I'm very cyclical. And I think a lot of women are and like the moon, just like nature is cyclical. And I, I, for me, at least I believe that everything light and dark, like it's like, I live my life like a wave, like yeah. So I just do that with everything. <laughs> I love that expression. I live my life like a wave. There, there are so many um, sayings about, you know, flow like water. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yes. Yes. I haven't read that book yet. The I think by Bruce Lee or, or his daughter, there's a water be like water. I think, I think maybe it's his end thing too, but I have it in my bookshelf, but if it, if it is anything like that, I agree a hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. I think a lot of cultures go into that Taoism, uh, but it's, I mean, it makes sense. Right. And then you think about going into that surrender mode Yes, and flowing like water. Well, Dana, it's been awesome to have you on the wellness driven life show. I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. You have all of your social media handles that are going to be in the description below. So whether you're tuning in now, listening in on one of the podcasts, or you're watching the replays, be sure to check her out. Um, All of that is in the description below. And as you see on the screen, you can check out her films at www.crazycarrotfilms.com. Again, that's www.crazycarrotfilms.com. I love the title, by the way. Oh, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Hmm. Um, I would say, I guess I'm just going to share whatever's coming to me. So the number one thing I would say is when you want to, if you're doing something that you really are dreaming of and that you, you love not to give up, like to push yourself, um, and to believe in yourself. And like, even if you don't believe in yourself and you're having a really hard time, if you know that's what you want to do, or if you really love it or have the vision, just like believe in that. And like, even if it takes years, don't give up because you don't want to die knowing you have dreams you didn't chase all the way. So, I mean, the worst that's going to happen is it, you know, it miserably fails, I guess, but at least you tried instead of giving up. So yeah, my biggest thing is if you love something, just keep pushing and keep going and you'll get there eventually. (laughs) 
I love that. And and again, you're such a huge testimony to that. I mean, look at you making movies, girl. It's yeah. incredible. And you really are inspiring such a, a large audience when you get to do that in all of your creative endeavors. So that is such a beautiful thing. I did have one comment come through. I wanted to bring it in for you. This was via the trailer that we watched and he was asking, Manly was asking if it's David Tennant. Um, for, for what, what did he ask was David Tennant on the, I, I believe it was for the trailer for mm -hmm. your movie. Oh, the actor. No, oh, that's so funny. Kind of looks like him. No, it was this guy. Um, uh, hold on. Let me make sure I'm not betraying his last name. One sec. Cause he does look like him. That's kind of funny. Um, uh, Joe Philip Filipponi. Um, that's who played that character. If anyone wants to look him up, they kind of look like Joe's a little bit younger, I think, but yeah. All right. That's wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, again, it, it truly has been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I'm so excited, you know, to maybe talk a little bit more when that movie comes out because yes, you can yes. get some engagement on people and what their thoughts were with the release. Yes. And how how society is is loving it. So prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And with all of the stuff that's going on in Hollywood, this too shall pass. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. I love this. Such a great experience. It was so fun talking to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you again, Dana. Thank and you. thank you for the viewers. And Bye. we will see you later. All right.